how do we enhance our willpower in the world? Well, that question can be answered from multiple perspectives. But I'm going to focus on strategies that help you utilize the same amount of energy for more return. I'm going to focus I'm going to focus on strategies that allow you to master the fundamental before you move into the more complicated domains of specialization because that is the type of strategy that's going to apply to the most possible amount of people at once. There are particular elements such as the Pareto principle, for example, that you can remember as primary indicators, whether or not you're going in the, in the right direction. The Pareto principle states that you should focus on the 20% most important first and then move on to more peripheral domains of specialization. That means that you need to conduct an investigation of the particular activity you would like to participate in beforehand in order to determine what experts simultaneously claim is the best possible avenues of approach toward this goal. And then through that distillation of information, you can come up with a more targeted approach. That is the Pareto principle at play, and it does require a bit of independently motivated investigation and analysis. So it's not necessarily natural for a lot of people because a lot of us rely on external sources for information. However, the Pareto principle allows us to develop a very solid foundation in fundamental logic, which then can apply to pretty much everything else that you're trying to accomplish. Even emotions are a kind of primordial logic in coherence with other human beings or the geomagnetic field we will actually respond in equal proportion. And that's an important distinction because it suggests that logic can be applied to pretty much anything, which is why it exists as a primary substratum of our philosophical dialogue. And therefore, it might be a good idea to develop a solid foundation in logic before hyper-specializing in any particular node or to even just enhance your own already learned form of specialization. Logic can also enhance specialization by allowing an angle of perspective that that individual did not have before for rearrangement of their current abilities into a more optimized format, irrespective of what their particular dialogue of isolated communication may suggest. Therein you are applying rules that have existed within the cosmos for billions of years. First, before you are delving into the obscurities of socio-psychological cultural trends. It makes sense to do this because you can enhance your own underlying vitality in general for a wide array of benefits universally across the individual. Another strategy is to remain very consistent but simple in your application of willpower. The reason why you want both is because if you're consistent but complicated, then you are less applicable to a wide range of situations. If you are consistent and simple, you are both easy to grasp by other human beings and effective in your application of will. Because you can not only learn 
what you need to adapt to the environment but you can maintain the practice of a particular ability for long enough that it becomes directly applicable as a strategy of actualization within the world. It does make sense to teach that to the widest array of people. First and foremost is that there are particular lifestyle strategies and way of thinking or being that help to magnify the underlying life force energy of your of your entire identity while also making you more adaptable and enhancing underlying products of specialization through highlighting a vantage point that was unforeseen before. It is not so much that we necessarily need to focus on solely philosophy as it is the logical underpinning of philosophy that is probabilistically inferring in its underlying quality meaning that it is looking to predict the future through probabilistic inference rather than just seeing what is possible as what has happened before. That is more like the introverted intuition, uh, another cognitive function. Probabilistic inference is more like extroverted intuition. It sees how various colliding elements may react to one another and produce entirely novel situations rather than just projecting the past into the future, shall we say. However, I do not believe that extroverted intuition is the only cognitive function at Carl Jung's psychological type that applies to the application of logic. Of course, there is an element of introverted thinking at play as well. Introverted thinking wants to understand the underlying elements of reality and how they objectively interact with one another to produce a formula that can be explained through deduction and symbolic um, uniformity of mathematical language and underlying reasoning patterns. It's important to remember that introverted thinkers can disassociate very well, and they use it as a habitual response pattern or strategy for disassociating from uncomfortable conditions that most people would compromise within. Not a lot of people are objectively analyzing the environment and directly applying willpower in the most obvious direction. And so there's certainly a advantage to being highly logical. However, habitually disassociating from the environment also has its byproducts of consequence. And I don't mean antisocial as in introverted. I mean antisocial as in the actual psychiatric diagnosis of it as behavior that is destructive of the underlying social psychological fabric. That can be a problem for people who are highly disassociative. I would hypothesize that would be more likely to be the case. And so hypothetically, there would be just as many consequences to disassociation as there are benefits and that the proclivity toward disassociation only hints at your underlying function within society rather than whether or not you're going to use it for good or evil, shall we say. Because even the same function within society can have antisocial and pro-social counterparts as the light and shadow of that particular archetype, shall we say. Differential psychophysiology and personality neuroscience are a good place to start for distinguishing exactly where we might be more likely to succeed within society. 
it could act as a great underlying blueprint of informing the individual as to their underlying proclivities based on neuropsychological imaging and genetic sequencing by providing fMRI readings and genome sequencing for the vast portion of individuals or all individuals who participate in the system, we can actually prehabilitate them, meaning we can actually warn them of what they are more likely to have happen and take the necessary precautions as far as technology, as far as nutritional recommendations and exercise recommendations to avoid what they are genetically predisposed for in the future if it is bad and to further optimize that which in their genome provides benefit that is the definition of prehabilitation we're not rehabilitating people after injuries after problems with their health we're actually preventing the problems from happening to begin with so that we can further optimize the overall momentum of humankind by enhancing their underlying life force vitality and health. Also to provide information to each and every individual in a decentralized democratic manner, it would be far easier for us to actuate the underlying constituent contributors of our society in a way that would enhance our markets, diplomatic, whatever kind of behaviors that are most beneficial and long-standing within the collective consciousness of humanity will be further enhanced by any kind of amplification of under of underlying life force vitality within the individual. And thus, it is important for a organization and any communion of people within a group to enhance the psychological aspects of their being for the group to function well overall. You can also have in a form of disequilibrium in personality within a group that makes it difficult to adapt in an equivalent manner with the environment for which these personalities have evolved. That is actually a lot harder to figure out than it seems, although you can do it, you just have to begin laying the pillars of your psyche, as it were, and figuring out the architecture of your own life and repeating patterns of behavior and uh, investigating what may be the underlying cause and origin of them and planning for the future as to how you can optimize further behavioral patterns for actuation of your strengths and mitigation of your weaknesses. Uh, it's important that depending on your rate of change that you alter your preference for specialization and generalization as well. If you're undergoing a high degree of change, if you are more fixated and isolated or routine in your approximation within the geo geographic and ideological landscape, then you want to, of course, remain more specialized in your application of will. They are inherently complementary, these psychological abstract concepts and their geographic physical correlates, shall we say. That could be understood as a form of personality psychogeography or personality geopsychology, if you prefer, where we are looking to make the necessary connections between geography and psychology in order to predict and 
advise people on preferable routes that have proven to be successful in the past based on particular psychogeographic and geopsychological patterns in human migration, for example. We were coming up with a uniformity of movement rather than necessarily just a uniformity of fixated order. It pays a lot more in the long run to actually focus on natural order and optimizing the landscape that you're in, but also learning when it is time to move on, shall we say, based on larger climatological patterns, based on meteorological space weather interactions, based on uh, the underlying geomagnetic frequency of the entire planet, its overall range and abruptness of alteration can suggest that there is about to occur some kind of natural weather event or alteration in human consciousness even to understand that we have a bioelectromagnetic field that powers a lot of these chemical reactions within the body and that they respond to magnetic particles that form of magnetoreception informs the body as to what hormones and biochemicals are most fundamental given the current state and condition of the Earth's geomagnetic field. Likely this is through a interaction with the hypothalamic pituitary axis, HPA. It is highly magnetized. There are elements of piezoelectricity involved in the containment and reoccurring echoing vibration of prior pressurization from the past, meaning that you can imagine a pressure wave as applying a certain pattern of force, application and withdrawal, so contraction and expansion, and then a piezoelectric crystal within the Earth is absorbing that mathematical pattern and re-emitting it through pulsed electromagnetic fields. That crystal is actually producing a pulsed electromagnetic field in cohesion with prior stages of pressurization of that crystal from above via the force of gravity, for example. And that there are likely patterns of gravitational differential across space and time in our trajectory throughout the solar system that actually colors the nature of our geomagnetic field as far as the presence of crystals in the first place because that gravity is going to compress geology creating more crystals in certain areas than other areas but also the alteration of that gravitational differential across the traversal of the space-time fabric is actually resulting in faster form of information broadcasting throughout the crystalline layers of the earth because the crystalline layers are reacting in their piezoelectric reverberation of gravitational patterns before layers of crystallization form within the Earth, which takes far longer at the geological scale. Therefore, the actual information containment system of the crystalline layers within our Earth is responding much faster to gravitational differentials than the accumulation of larger gravitational differentials across a longer period of time would would lead to a crystallization of geography via the 
compaction or compression of geology around the landscape that is heavier, literally, there's a heavier force of gravity. It is going to push the mantle inward, and this has actually already been demonstrated and to a large extent. And so if it's pushing the mantle inward, creating valleys and ridges, for example, then chances are, based on the underlying mineral content, it is also going to be compressing minerals into more crystalline forms. Therefore, more piezoelectric in their quality, the ability to internalize mathematical patterns in the form of pressure waves and regurgitate them as electromagnetic patterns in spectral vibration, which actually would likely characterize much of the atmosphere, for example, is that the Earth as a conductor due to crystalline minerals and polycrystallines in the form of metal, for example. Metallic compounds are really just a secondary form of crystalline minerals, and they call them polycrystalline because they share the same underlying atomic quality of having a very tightly knit uniform geometry at the microscopic scale. And therefore, that is the definition of crystallization to a large extent, is that gravity is actually pushing layers of atomic matter closer and closer together until they actually begin forming a uniform geometry of distribution across space and time that is very useful for containing information and energy. So the very pressurization of gravity actually creates a more highly refined amplifier or transducer of that energy. A very important distinction because human beings behave in, in a very similar manner to this, meaning that when we have a lot of pressure within our lives, we are forced to adapt. We are forced to take on a more optimal configuration in order to survive and continue on proliferating. And thus, the pressure associated with evolutionary selection is equivalent to the differential force of gravity across the surface of our Earth throughout its traversal across the quantum vacuum of our space-time fabric. It's important to think about the space-time fabric as having its own structure within an equally distributed potential across space and time. What I mean by that is that the potential exists simultaneously across all areas of space and time, that a lot of energy may emerge from a gravitational vector, like a black hole producing a gamma ray burst, for example. However, there is a non-uniform structure to the potential for that to happen based on uh, what you could imagine as a underlying quantum foam that is everywhere at once, but has an underlying geometry of alignment that directs its potentiation of energy from a gravitational vector in the form of gamma ray from a black hole in the form of a solar flare, for example. For all we know, there could be a region within the sun where it begins to invert very much like a black hole. And thus the sun is a portal for the actualization of energy from the quantum vacuum, which may actually be composed of many overlaying multiversal realities. If you want to look at it from that multiverse perspective, it is not necessarily mutually exclusive. The multiverse could exist in coherence with the quantum realm, for example. And the quantum realm is just a probabilistic higher order hologram that we are referencing 
for predictive purposes of reality, shall we say. That hyperdimensional geometry is represented within the human mind. It's actually been proven already through the Blue Brain Project that our mind, the neurological impulses, actually behave in a very similar manner to these forms of hyperdimensional geometry we're beginning to discover at a mathematical level, at a physical level. Why? Because we co-evolved with these forces. So if they are vibrating the atmosphere in periodic intervals, our natural piezoelectricity within the human body, within the magnetic receptor minerals and cells within the human body, that piezoelectricity is building up as an intergenerational form of phylogenetic memory, a reoccurring pulsed electromagnetic field within the genetic structure that through its mathematical time signature actually reflects the very same natural order from above within the astronomical configurations of our solar system and how the influence solar radiation, the source of life on Earth, the source of all forms of life, because although you can have geothermal vents, that geothermal heat is possible through solar radiation in the first place. Eventually, all things come back to the sun and solar radiation. 